This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. What's going on, everybody? In this episode, we talked to Sam Crowther from Casada. He's the founder and CEO, and he talks about his awesome origin story. If you really appreciate the stuff that we deliver, check us out at hackervalley.studio and also support us at our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash hackervalleystudio. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley Studio with yes, your hosts, sir. Ron and Chris. Welcome back to the show glad to be back again here at rsa more special guests we have sam with us founder and ceo of casada welcome to the show thank you guys for having me yeah yeah thanks for being on the podcast so you have a super interesting background and you know we usually go through everyone's background tell us how you got to where you are today but sometimes it's just kind of like we just want people to get to know them. But I think your background is super interesting. So if you could just take a few moments to sort of go through your background and, and how did you actually get here today? Yeah, so I had a bit, bit of a strange one. When I was 14, I somehow managed to get into cryptography, which is, yeah. Don't no, I've never that heard happened. that. I've yeah. never heard that ever. No, no, right. like, we like doing it for fun. It's new, yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but here we are. Yeah, so I, I started dabbling and then all of a sudden... You know, I heard about some of the intelligence agencies in Australia that were, you know, really trying to engage some of the youth. And, you know, I, I reached out to a few people and ended up actually being the first person to work with the equivalent of the NSA in Australia as a high school student. Oh, wow. So I spent a bit of time during the school holidays, you know, going up there, <laughs> going back to high school, doing English, going back up and doing some other cool work. And, you know, got to the end of that program and ended up getting a job with Macquarie Bank as, you know, a red teamer. And... Uh-huh. You know, it was this fresh little 18-year-old, and I was hired just to break absolutely everything, which was my dream. Right. And so I did that for a little bit, and yeah, ended up leaving to start my own business after, you know, I, I guess I kept encountering the exact same problems, and I figured, maybe I've got a solution to this. And, and yeah, so that was a few years ago, and yeah, here we are now running that. Like, I don't know if people, like, can understand how crazy of a story that is. So let's break it down sort of one by one. When you got into cryptography when you were a teenager, was it just because you like puzzles? And then how did you exercise that, that passion? Did you do challenges and CTFs? What did you do? Yeah, so I actually, I got into it because I was curious as to how I could have, like, text data be unreadable to someone. Right. And send that to like a friend and, you know, if someone got their hands on it, not know what it was. Right. And so actually, that, that's what I used to do is I built these little like encrypted chatting like applications where I butchered the triple des algorithm, yeah. like made all these weird <laughs> modifications to it. And, and yeah, and that was sort of how it got going. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And then sort of moving forward, would you say because you started thinking about these problems so early is why you've been able to sort of move fast? Because you're super young, but you have a startup and you're doing really well. And... Other people out there are probably thinking the same thing. They're starting young. They're starting younger and younger. They're, they're people in middle school. They're looking at cryptography now. Yeah. Uh, what would you sort of tell them about like your journey that maybe they aren't thinking about just yet, but you would want to tell yourself back in that that time? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing I'd love to tell myself if I could would just be uh, you know keep pushing with it because it feels like you know absolutely nothing, and that is true. You don't know anything. <laughs> right. But, right. You know it. There's so much to know. No one knows everything. And I yeah. think that was something I struggled with for ages, feeling, you know, 
terrible compared to everyone else I was around. I was like, no, actually, we're all still learning all the time. Absolutely. So is your company focused in cryptography? What kind of things are you uh, interested in these days? <laughs> Funnily enough, not really. <laughs> it, does, it does have some fundamentals there. So it's actually an automation detection and mitigation business. So it's all about, all right, how can we, you know, take something like automation that makes attacks economical and, and challenge that. It does right. have some fundamental pieces of cryptography. So we use some mathematical proof of works to just drive up the cost of running bots. But that's about as, as far as that relationship yes. ah. <laughs> Darn. I, I was hoping that you were going to say, yep, it's completely uh, cryptography automation, <laughs> whatever that is. So when you, when you uh, built your company, why was the focus on malicious automation? Yeah, so when I was actually at the investment bank, all of the problems I kept facing as the defender were, were there because an adversary could automate, right? And, you know, they can you know go write this piece of code, go and have lunch while it runs. They didn't need to do anything. And yet I need to be sitting there smacking the keyboard constantly, blocking IP addresses and, you know, always on the back foot. Right. So it was sort of about how can, like, we as the defenders, you know, invest our people time better because you know these the adversaries are yeah they're going to join lives while their bots carry out these attacks <laughs> yep that's so true i come from an automation background too and really the the troubling thing is we always talk about the overworked person overworked analyst overworked engineer trying to write more automation to keep the bad guys out more and more so looking at like this landscape that you're in now what do you what do you find excitement in what do you think is like the the big thing for you when it comes to pushing the company to the next level? Yeah, so I think there's a, there's a few things, but the, the thing that excites me the most is people's, you know, particularly the business and their understanding of their, their data that they present on the internet. You know, I think, you know, a lot of security companies are focused around scare, scare, all the bad guys, whatever, <laughs> but the competitors and have pose an equally valid if not bigger threat to the business in a lot of cases particularly when you know you're a retail business or something like that where if your competitor can understand your pricing model and your you know inventory availability at any given point in time that's that's very substantial and we've seen some very terrifying cases where businesses were you know losing a lot of money uh, because a competitor was doing this and then just beating them at the last second so what would you say is the impact you want to leave with not only yourself, but also with your company? Like, what is that that legacy going to look like? Well, I think I would love for us to get to a point and, and continue, obviously, where when our customers use our software to, you know, positively impact their own businesses, it's not a, a cumbersome process. Something that we really like is to make it work like a consumer app. It's like, mate, you just turn it on mm-hmm. and, and it does the job. And I think that's an awesome wave of security companies that are coming up and I would love us to be at the forefront of this where yeah. uh, it's oh yeah Casada they were one of the first people to actually just you know make something simple that just worked one of the things that we were speaking about earlier is kind of the, the gap between analysts or, or maybe engineers and the people actually using the product uh, what, what, are you, what have you found your successes have been like kind of going after building a product and also making something that's useful for the users, even though you have someone else creating it. Yeah, so we've made put in a lot of effort to make sure, at least internal engineering, are very connected with the problem. Uh, every two months, we run hackathons where we red team, blue team, nice. so that everyone gets to understand this is what we're protecting against, and this is what the defender's experience is. Right. So that's how we try and keep them all really connected to the to the problem. That's brilliant. 
Yeah, and, and it's been very effective. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. So it sounds like you're still a bit of a practitioner in some ways, but now you're starting to, to lead people. What do you feel like at times you have to give up? Sometimes you have to give up on the, the puzzle piece and you have to focus on the soft skills, the leadership. What has, been, what has that been like for you over the last yeah. uh, little bit? I mean, I, I don't like giving up the, <laughs> the puzzle piece. So I, I do that <laughs> okay. when I get a moment every so often yeah. on the weekends. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I think the leadership piece has been been very interesting. It it sort of you know happened somewhat gradually in the beginning and a lot faster more recently. Mm. And you know it's something that I've always really loved, but again have no no formal experience in doing and whatnot. Yeah. But I I do get a lot of enjoyment out of you know being able to try and unite people to help solve some of these problems and you know be the one that runs ahead and then has all of them come with me. Do you, are you like a an insatiable reader? Do you read about other founders? Like, where do you get your your motivation, yeah. inspiration from? Other founders a lot. Uh, talking to other people who've either started businesses like this, or even just been involved in them is a big one. Right. Yeah. Every time I have a problem, there's a few key people who I'll go to them like, guys, your businesses are four or five years ahead. What happened when this this right. happened? Like, all right, here's here's what we think you should do. That's huge. Oh, so nice uh, collaboration even between like competitors and whatnot. Yeah. It's, yeah, which is, I mean, in a lot of security, right, people are more than willing to share generally right. because it benefits everyone. I think it's very true with the founders as well. It's definitely not a zero-sum game. There's, like, plenty yeah. of, like, ways that companies might be similar, but there's just so many differences. Like, you're, you're better off collaborating. Exactly. So what is, what is your strategy for uh, bringing in new peoples, whether it's people fresh out of college or finding engineers do you have like a way that you mentor or kind of just lift up the community yeah so we do a lot at least in australia for now given that's where most of our engineering is in the Mm. local security community there we do a lot of presenting at different uh, meetups both security focused and not to try and get people interested in the problems that we're solving most of our engineering folk are relatively senior as well which means it's really good to have genius coming underneath them and it's the the, they means they can invest i guess a lot of time in genius that we hire so that's something that we've been focusing on more recently right at the start it was a bit harder when you know we were just so scrapped for for resources and time but yeah that's been a big one as well fantastic so one thing i I did want to also pick your brain about is for all the people that are looking to make that jump to start a company what would you say was the, the single piece of advice you either received or the piece of information that you got from do, going through that process that you would want to tell folks that are looking to do their own thing? Maybe they, they just have an idea. Maybe they have a team that behind them and their idea is kind of wonky. Like, what, what would be that one piece of advice for folks? Oh, man, that's how I wanted to distill it down to that. Uh-huh. Um, I think there was sort of two really defining moments for me. One of them was when someone said, nah, that, that will never work. <laughs> that was like, all right, maybe let's, let's see if we can do this. Yeah. Uh, the second one would be just surrounding yourself with people that you know, are willing to back you as a person. I think you know, it's really difficult, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's not an easy path. There's an infinite number of obstacles. So you know, getting people who you know, will make sure you stay in reality but also support you through it, I think, is, is what I wish I'd done you know, even yeah. earlier. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, and we, we were just actually talking about that. That's uh, one of our strengths is helping each other kind of take advantage of the skill that you do best. Like, so Chris was talking about earlier how he 
He really seeks to understand people, and he can leverage me to get constant feedback like, hey, you know, how did this go? Like, how did this meeting go? Whether it's like a conversation or uh, kind of a business meeting. What do you find to be like your biggest strength when it comes to just life in general? Like your superpower is what we were talking yeah. about over here. Oh, man. Obviously blind he's optimism. <laughs> a blind optimism. <laughs> That's perfect. <clears throat> That's. And where do you think that comes from? Oh, gosh. I mean, definitely my dad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, very similar personalities. Do you have a, a story? Is there a story behind that? Like one story that stands out in your mind? Oh, well, the first person I had to convince to give me a few thousand dollars to get a patent was him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's serious blind optimism. Yeah, and that's love. <laughs> that's exactly. Definitely love. Probably wrote that off and go, you're never going to see this again. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. For people that want to stay up to date with you, stay up to date with your company, what is the best way for people to do that? Uh, my, I'm somewhat active on, on Twitter. I think it's at InfosecSam. Uh, okay. Otherwise, LinkedIn. Fantastic. Oh, great. Easy. Thank, thank you both. Yeah, thank you. And see everybody next time. <laughs>